This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, um, a few things uh, before we jump into or bra- jumping into a brand new series today called Break the Cycle, and we'll jump into that, and it's going to be really good. And, uh, I really feel the Holy Spirit upon it and uh, giving me some real revelation. But there's these three things that have just been rolling around in my heart as we're going into this new year and as we are into this new year. And so if you got something to take notes, I want you to take these things down real quick, okay? If you got a phone, uh, if you write these, th- these three things down, I want you to just dwell upon it. First thing is this, I felt from the Holy Spirit. I was driving uh, the other day. The Lord's been really speaking to me in the car. Anybody else? God speaks to you in the car, okay? And so I was driving, and uh, we were on some back, back, back roads in Ohio. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's like no houses. There's some farmland. There's no lights. It's just pitch dark. And I had my lights on. How many of you know, like when you're in pitch dark, even having the lights on, it seems like it's just still dark. And so I turned my brights on and we're like driving. And as we were driving, I started to recognize this pattern that like when I would hit like a street sign or there'd be a curve in the road, there would be these, you know, little metal signs. And every time the light hit the signs, the signs would reflect and illuminate. And I just kept seeing this. And, I, and when that happens to me, when like something like that just repeatedly happens in my mind, I know God's trying to say something to me. And so I was like, Lord, what are you saying? He goes, listen, I know the world's really dark right now, but my light still shines and I'm looking for people to reflect my light. Okay. He's looking for people that will shine bright in this moment and in this season in the earth. So that was the first thing the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me. The second thing was this. You just showed me, I drove by this house. There's this house that I drive by all the time. It's beautiful. Anybody ever drive by a house and you're just, to be honest, you're just straight up jealous? You know what I mean? Like drive by and you're like, man, uh, yes, in Jesus' name, that is mine someday. I, I don't want you to fail, but I want your house someday in Jesus' name. So I drive by this house, and they have a lot of stonework and a lot of brick. And so I was driving by it, and I saw it, and I saw the stone and the brick. And the Lord just spoke to me. He said, I want to build people this year. He said, I want to build them brick by brick, stone by stone. I want to build them spiritually strong. I feel like this is a year that God wants to strengthen the people of God, brick by brick, truth by truth, by the word of God, by the revelation, understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit. He wants to build us and make us strong. He wants our faith to be strong, okay? That is something really, really important, okay? I need you to understand that. We live in a day and a time that celebrates man's wisdom. I'm sorry, man's wisdom does not build your faith. Only the word of God builds your faith, okay? And we need to be people that are strong in faith, okay? Third thing that I heard from the Lord was this. Don't run from the things of God, but run to the things of God, okay? Don't run from them, run to them. And a lot of times we run from the things of God because they don't make sense in our daily life and in culture, okay? Let me read this to you real quick. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Jesus answered, he said, uh, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, 
But true life is found in every word that consistently goes forth from the mouth of God, okay? So we have to understand the word of God because the word of God is what builds us. And if we don't understand the word of God, we won't understand how he is going to move in the earth through our life in this season and time. I was just recently talking to somebody about how, you know, we live in a culture that self-promotes, okay? Man, I want to burn Facebook to the ground. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? Everybody has an agenda. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody self-promotes. Everybody's pushing their way to the top. I said, you know what? That's just not how it works in God's kingdom. Read the book. Read the story of Joseph, okay? God gives Joseph these great dreams, and then all of a sudden, he's being put through the ringer. Why? Because God wants to make sure that Joseph has integrity, that Joseph's a man of God, that Joseph understands that the world doesn't revolve around him. It revolves around others, and he's on the earth to bless others. Listen, we have to know the word of God. We have to live on his truth and his understanding in this day and time. So those are just three things that I just felt the Holy Spirit speaking to us going into the new year. But today, we are starting a brand new series called Break the Cycle. We're going to be in it for a few weeks because I really feel the Lord just downloading a lot of great things, a lot of goodness, a lot of understanding and wisdom that's going to help us live in victory and in life. Because here's the deal. We do live in a dark world, and we live in a world that is depressed, and we live in a world that's scared, and we live in a world that's fearful, okay? So we have to be something different. Did you hear me? We have to be, okay? The church can't just go along with this. The church just can't go, well, they're scared, so I'm scared. They're fearful, I'm fearful. We can't mimic and look like the world. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world, okay? So we have to be people who are strong and mighty. Why? Because it depends on somebody's salvation. Did you hear me? You, 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 your life depends on somebody's eternity. Somebody you work with, somebody you meet at the store, somebody you come into contact with, somebody in your family, their eternity. Heaven and hell. And I know that we don't talk about this a lot. We don't think about this a lot. But people are dying and going to hell without the goodness of Jesus Christ. And without you, they might miss it. We go, well, no, 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 that's God's job. No, 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 that's your job. Jesus went back home, right? He went back home to the Father. And then he did what? He sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to be his voice in the earth. Listen, somebody's marriage depends on you. Okay, we've had, we've literally had people come to this church and their marriage was saved. Generations were saved because their marriage was healed. People need you in their life. And so understanding this is important, but you know who understands this better than you? It's Satan. He understands how the things of God moves in the earth. He understands that God doesn't surpass his own laws. He created you to work through you. 
So he understands one thing. If he can keep you ineffective and he can make sure that you feel unqualified, you will never do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Right? He doesn't care that you love Jesus. Do you get that? Like he's not fighting you to not be a Christian. What he's fighting against is to keep you ineffective. He wants to make sure that you never find victory. Because if you find victory in an area of your life, you know what you're going to do? You're going to tell others. Right? Because when you find victory over something you've been battling with in life, you're going to go and tell somebody. You're going to go help somebody. You're going to go reap somebody. And you're going to help them find victory in Jesus Christ. And that's what the enemy is terrified about. He's terrified of the thought of you coming alive, finding victory in the word of God, finding victory in Jesus, and then spreading that victory to others. That's what he's worried about. And so in that process, okay, what does he want to do? He wants to put us into cycles in our life that we never find victory. And he starts when you're young. I'll never forget, I was in, I think, seventh or eighth grade. I came from a real poor family. We didn't have a whole lot. And um, I remember I shoveled a bunch of driveways. Okay, anybody shoveled a driveway before? I mean, I'm talking about like real shovel, not, not Ohio shovel, okay? I'm talking about like real shovel, okay? Like, like Chicago, you know, Buffalo type shovel, okay? And I shoveled a bunch of driveways, made some money. And I remember I uh, went out, and I remember Tommy Hilfiger was really big at that, okay? Many rocking Tommy back in the day, okay? And so I went out and I bought me, you know, a Tommy, you know, button-up shirt, and I bought some Tommy cargo pants. Remember Tommy cargo pants? Had the, like, Tommy thing right there, okay? I remember I went back to school after Christmas break, and there was these group of kids that, you know, I wanted to sit with, I wanted to hang out with. I remember, like, I went to the lunch table to sit down with them, and they go, who do you think you are? And they go, you think you're going to wear a little Tommy and come sit with us? I don't think so. And I was like, you, you know that moment like in life sometimes when you're just like in shock? But listen, the enemy starts when you're young. He starts these cycles, building them in your life. And so today I want to show you a cycle that the enemy puts us in, okay? And uh, he works hard in our life. Isn't this cool? Matt, Pastor Matt made this. Give it up for Pastor Matt. So good. Okay, so we're going to do this cycle, and we're going to do different cycles in this series because the enemy puts us in cycles in our marriage. He puts us in cycles with our children. He puts us in different cycles. And so this is just one that we're going to talk about. So the Lord showed me this. One day we were driving, me and Michael were driving to practice, and, you know, I just felt the Holy Spirit, and he was showing me this. The enemy will start where? He'll start with hopelessness, okay? He wants to start in a place to get you to a place that you feel no hope, okay? And when you feel no hope, you feel fear, you feel anxiety, you feel stress, you feel alone. How many of you have ever felt alone before? You just feel like, man, I just don't know what to do. I feel alone. So the enemy starts with hopelessness, okay? 
in hopelessness, then he will bring us to what? Temptation. Okay? Because when you feel hopeless, you feel like God is really far away. Right? And so what will the enemy do then? He will bring a substitute for God. Okay? All sin, all temptation is a substitute for God's best in your life. Okay? So he'll bring temptation. You'll get into temptation, you'll get into sin, and then what happens? It brings you to what? Guilt. Okay? Right? How many of you have ever sinned before and thought, man, I'm just the greatest person in the world? (laughs) Right? We mess up in life. And we feel what? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And then where does it go from guilt? It goes to shame. Okay? Enemy loves this place. He loves this place. He loves making you feel shameful. It's funny how many times on a Sunday morning when I open up service and I'm, like, just full of faith. I'm just full. I'm ready to go after Jesus. And I'm like, who's ready to love Jesus today? And everybody's like, hey, oh, yeah, all right. I'm like, come on. We came here to worship Jesus. But you know what's happening? Shame, right? I don't feel like God really loves me right now. And then that takes me to what? I feel unworthy. Right? Enemy loves this place too because if you feel unworthy, then you feel like God will do it for everybody else, but he won't do it for me. So what's the point? Right? So then I feel unworthy, and then where does it take me? It takes me to this place, fear. What is the fear? It's the fear that I feel like God is disappointed in me, God is angry with me, God is frustrated with me, that I fear that God doesn't like me. Right? And then where does it take us right back to? Hopeless. Right? And the enemy will work this cycle. And I can guarantee today that 100% of us today have felt this at one point or time. Amen? Now, I would probably go even farther to say 99.9. Maybe I'll do the one point percent. Maybe it's Bill and Etta because they're just like Jesus, okay? I promise you, okay? (laughs) But for the rest of us, okay, we're probably somewhere in this cycle right now today. We might not have all of this, but we may feel one of these different things happening in our life right now today. And so we have to learn from the Word of God how to break the cycle, okay? And so today, uh, we're only going to talk about hopelessness. We're going to deal with the other ones as the weeks go on, but today we're going to deal with this idea of hopelessness, okay? Because I need you to understand something. The enemy, he studies you, okay? He studies you. Uh, I wrote this on this book. Call this the Book of Jeff, okay? (laughs) You thought that was funny. (laughs) Thanks, Christian. The Book of Jeff. What is this? This is the book the enemy has about Jeff, right? 
Now, he has the book of Matt, and he has the book of Melissa, and he has the book of Zach, right? He has the book of Brenda. He has a book on all of us, okay? Why? Because he studies us. He understands us, and he understands how to move us out of hope and faith into hopelessness, right? He's trying to figure out how to get you out of faith and get you into hopelessness. Let me show you this. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3. Then Judas, who had betrayed him, Judas, one of the disciples of Jesus, betrays Jesus, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, and he was filled with remorse. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders, and he says, I have sinned, he declared, and I have betrayed an innocent man. And they respond to him, what do you care? It's not your problem. We gave you your money. You sold him out. Move on with life. Verse 5. Then Judas threw down the silver coins of the temple and went out and hung himself. Okay? I don't know about you, but I understand how Judas felt. Okay? What's happening in Judas' life right there? A trigger. Okay? The enemy knows your triggers. Did you get that? He knows your triggers, what triggers you to go from faith to hopelessness, right? And so the trigger that's going off in Judas is what? I failed, right? Okay, now, I don't know if that's your trigger, but the enemy understands you and understands your trigger. This is one of my triggers, okay? When I feel like I failed, I go straight into hopelessness. I just want, I mean, I want to just die. Just, I mean, I totally understand what went on with Judas. I remember this, okay? I remember the first day of Elevate Church, okay? And I'm so excited. In a couple of weeks, we're gonna be celebrating five years, five-year anniversary. We're gonna have a big day, a big celebration. It's gonna be an awesome, awesome day. We're gonna have testimonies. You won't wanna miss that day coming up in just a few weeks. But I'll never forget the very first day, okay? We had planned and prepared for a year and a half, okay? We had begged, plead, uh, prayed, raised money. We had raised about $70,000 to buy our trailer and all of our equipment to set up and to tear down. We had sent out over 15,000 mailers. Show, put up that picture there, okay? We had these mailers, okay, that we sent out, okay? We had 15,000, over 15,000, okay? We prayed over all of them. I'll never forget the day we, me and Brandon went to the post office, and I think it cost us somewhere like over $6,000 to mail them all off, and we sent them off, and we were so excited, Okay? Listen, people sold their homes to move to help us start this church. People left their homes. Matt was living in my basement, okay? We, I mean, we were all in on starting Elevate Church, okay? And we were starting at Little Miami High School and, and Mon, not Monroe, but Morrow, Ohio, okay? Anybody know where Morrow is? Just like straight out in Bufu, okay? Just crazy place. I don't know why I live there, okay? Put up the next picture. 
So they had this auditorium, okay, that seated 300 people, okay? And we were like, man, this thing isn't going to be big enough, okay? We were just like, there's no way this thing's going to be big enough. Like, God's going to move. And so I remember the first day of Elevate Church. We had a team of about 18 of us that were like core team people. We were the ones like running everything. I mean, like John Thompson back there in the sound booth, he was a part of that team. John and Amanda, uh, Nick and Sherry Roller, Nick still plays the guitar for us. We had just a really small team that we were like making this all come together, you know, working hard together. We had 18 of us, okay? And so that day... I'll never forget, like I'm behind stage, like trying to get my mind ready to speak. And I remember Jess came back there and I was like, Jess, how many people are here? Okay, she goes, not a lot. But, and then, and then a good wife way, she goes, but they're coming. I was like, okay, you know what I mean? Come out first day. And I remember there was like, I think it was nine. Outside of family and friends, I think there was nine new people in an auditorium of 300, okay? Nine new people from over 15,000. I mean, come on. You send out 15,000 flyers. Nine people show up, okay? Nine, okay? Not 900, okay? Nine. And I remember I got out there and I remember, like, have you ever just been so, like, disappointed in your life? You're like, it's an out-of-body experience. <laughs> You're like, I'm here, but I'm not. I don't really know what's happening right now. And I'm preaching, and I'm telling you, it's the worst message of my life, because I'm just not there. I'm just like, I'm somewhere else. I mean, it's the worst message. I'll never forget, I met this guy named Joe. Joe, if you're watching today... If you were out there, I remember your face. I remember you. I remember I met him and his wife before service. I'm in the middle of my message, and Joe and his wife stand up, and they leave. And, they, they, and it wasn't like they left to go to the bathroom. No, they left. They were like, we're gone. Peace out, scouts, okay? You know, we'll see you never, okay? And I remember I'm in the middle of my message, and I'm just like dead. I'm like, God, just end it now. Just like massive heart attack right now, just... Let's be done. Let's just end it all right now, okay? Why? Because what's happening in me? It's the trigger. The enemy knows. He's triggering me. What's the trigger? I failed, right? I failed. I messed up, okay? Remember that day we go home, Matt, Matt, do you remember that day? It, oh yeah. Matt's like, please don't take me back. You would have thought it was a funeral in our house, okay? I, I swear to you, okay? I, I, remember, I remember that day. It was like two in the afternoon. We didn't eat lunch. We all just fell asleep, okay? We, I mean, I like went on the couch, fell asleep. Jess fell asleep in her chair. The guys fell asleep. It was just like just doom and gloom. I was in full or mood, okay? I was just like, what's the point? We might as well give up. You know what I mean? Like, just total or. By the way, I'm in the next uh, Winnie the Pooh movie. Spoiler alert, okay? I'm the voice of Eeyore, okay? So I'm total or mode, and the enemy is just 
just so loud. Right? Doesn't he take advantage of his moments? He's so loud. Now remember, he's going, why did you trust God? You ever had that moment where you stepped out in faith and it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out? And then the enemy comes in real quick and goes, why do you trust God? Told you it wouldn't work. Told you it would fail. I remember him going, look at the horrible position you put you and your family in. I remember our T&O that day. T&O, okay, was $350. I was like, praise God. You know what I mean? I was like, the school today cost $1,100. And T&O was $350, you know? Come on, work with me, people, okay? Listen, help me out, okay? And the enemy is just beating me down. Now, that day, I had met Dave and Hannah Spaniak. They were two of the nine people. Give it up for Dave and Hannah Spaniak. They were two, okay? And I had met Dave in the, in the lobby. And Dave loves basketball, and I love basketball. And Dave goes... Hey, I'm playing basketball tonight. How about you come play basketball with me? And again, I'm just out of body. I don't know this person. I've never met this person. I'm just like, sure, why not? You know what I mean? So Dave shows up at my house at like 6 p.m. to pick me up, okay? And so I get into his car, and Dave goes, listen, we've been to over 30 different churches. This church is amazing. I'm like, were you at the same church I was today? <laughs> I, I don't think we were, you know. He, he then goes on, he tells me, I mean, wholeheartedly tells me, okay, he says this, he goes, wow, Elevate Church, we have found our church. I'm like, I hope you found your church because I don't know if we're gonna be alive five weeks from now, you know, like, I don't know where this thing's headed right now, you know. And so I'm in the car with him, okay, and I'm thinking, I don't know if we were at the same place today, but I've climbed into this car with this person I don't know at all, okay? To be like real truth, okay, real truth. I think I had my hand on the door handle most of the car ride, okay? Because Dave's a great guy, but again, I don't know him. And I'm like, now I'm in a car. I don't know where I'm going, you know what I mean? And so I'm driving and I'm thinking like to myself, like, no way, this guy's crazy. Today, was awful, and he's telling me that he has found his church. His family has found their church that day. And I'm like, no way, this is awful. I'm thinking to myself, this guy is probably driving me out somewhere to kill me tonight, to be honest with you, okay? Like, God has X'd me out, and he has used Dave to just end my life, okay? Because it was that bad today, all right? This is what I'm thinking, Dave, I'm sorry. I, I'm Why? Because I had failed in my mind. Hopeless. Trigger. Okay? Now, what should have triggered that day? What should have triggered was we started something amazing today. How quickly did I forget what the word says? That God starts small, but if we're faithful with what he gives us, he'll entrust us with more. But when you're in hopelessness, it's like, 
Have you ever been hopeless and somebody brings the, like the word to you and you're like, spare me? <laughs> right? Like, I don't want this. But it's exactly what we need. I should have, it, it should have triggered that day. It should have been like, wow, we were the answer to Dave and Hannah Spaniak's prayers. They searched for two years. If anybody's ever searched for a church, you understand it's hard. It's real hard. And they searched for two years, and we were the answer to their prayers. And I was just so deep in hopelessness, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see what should have been triggered in that moment. Genesis chapter 39. We're going to look at the word and see how to, when the enemy brings us hopelessness, how to respond correctly, okay? Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. This is the story of Joseph, okay? How many of you love the story of Joseph? Just, I mean, I could preach a hundred different messages from the story of Joseph. There's just so much content in it, okay? It says this, verse 39, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by Ishmael traders and purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Okay. God gives Joseph dreams. God speaks to him. Aren't you thankful that God speaks to you, gives you dreams, gives you visions, gives you hope, shows you the future? God gives him great vision, great hope, shows him his future, okay? But then his brothers are angry at him and his brothers devise a plan and they take him and they throw him in a pit and they lie to his father and tell him that he was killed. And so now he's in a pit. He can't get out of the pit. And the brother said, well, instead of killing him, why don't we just sell him? Why don't we make some money off of it? And so they sell him. And now Joseph is on a ride. And can you imagine that ride? Can you imagine the hopelessness you would have felt? Could you imagine the feeling that I was a beloved son of my father and my family, and now my family has betrayed me. My father is nowhere to be seen. I'm being taken off to a land that I don't know. Could you imagine the fear? Can you imagine the crazy thoughts that he could have been having on that trip? And so he's taken, and then he's purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. It says Potiphar was the captain of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did and served in the home of the Egyptian master. Verse 3. Potiphar noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so soon he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. From that day forward, Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property. Okay, this is just crazy. The story is just crazy. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. I was reading this this morning. I was going over my notes this morning, and I just felt the Spirit of the Lord say, listen, some of you are working for people that don't honor God, but if you will honor them correctly, God will bless them for your sake, okay? Your job, your biz the business that you're working for will be blessed for your sake, and you will be promoted, 
okay? So that all of his household affairs ran smoothly. His crops, livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he did not worry about a thing except for what food to eat. Can I get an amen for that? I'm all about that life, okay? All right. So three truths that we got to learn from this, okay? Truth number one is this. Joseph would not allow hopelessness to overtake him. Joseph would not allow. And I, I think sometimes we think that it's so much more spiritual than that. No, no, no. Life is about choices. Deuteronomy says you can either choose life or death. It's your choice. So you have to choose on a daily basis. Am I choosing life? Am I choosing the word of God? Am I choosing the spirit of the Lord? Am I choosing the word of the Lord? What am I choosing? He chose to not allow hopelessness. Even though I was hopeless on that Sunday, I made a choice later that week to go, you know what? This is not gonna overtake me. This is not gonna be my master. I'm not serving hopelessness. Remember this. Peter sank only because he took his eyes off of Jesus for a second. Okay? Jesus never intended for Peter to sink. Jesus intended for Peter to walk on the water all the way to the boat. He never intended for him to sink. The only reason he sunk was because he took his eyes off Jesus. The only reason that we sink and we lose hopeless and we find hopelessness is because we take our eyes off of Jesus. Okay, that Sunday, first day of Elevate Church, I took my eyes off the Lord and I started looking at all my circumstances. This is why I said months ago, the Lord spoke to me. He said, stop watching the news. Stop watching the news. I'm telling you, look, my opinion, take it or leave it, just my opinion. I think, it, I think it's state run now. It's, that went over some people's heads, okay? I think, it, I think it's a, an agenda right now, okay? I'm not listening to the agenda of the enemy. What does the enemy oversee? The airwaves, he's the prince of this earth. Read the Bible. The Bible will tell you the exact same thing. He is the prince of this earth. He runs and rules media, right? He has an agenda. I, the Lord told me months ago, this is back in June, he said, stop looking at the news. It's lies. Soon as I started not looking at the news and looking at Jesus, what happened? Faith filled me. Faith, hope, life, victory, confidence. I was with a couple the other day. They said to me, he said, hey, is your church open? I said, yeah, we've been open since June. I said, the last eight weeks of 2020, we had record attendance. We posted something from Christmas. I had all these friends hitting me up. They go, you're not social distancing. I go, No. We're not. They go, nobody's wearing masks. I know. I go, I'm sorry. I said, I know what the Lord told us. We're walking in faith. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Truth number two. 
Joseph held tight to the word of the Lord. He held tight. God gave him prophetic dreams, okay? I love the prophetic, okay? I love, we had Abner in, very prophetic, spoke over our lives, prayed over our lives. I love when Bill prophetically speaks over my life. I mean, listen, if you wanna go to a uh, group and, and get blessed, go to Bill and Etta's group, okay? They will prophetically hear from heaven. I'm telling you, he just got, he has an anointing on his life. And I love prophetic, okay? What I love about it is what God thinks. It's not what man thinks, it's what God thinks, okay? And so God gives Joseph prophetic dreams. He's letting him see his future, okay? Now here's the thing about the prophetic, okay, is this. You have to hold on to the word of the Lord, okay? It's what God wants, okay? This is his desire for you and your family, for your future. But don't you think the enemy's gonna fight you? Amen? So you have to hold on. And so Joseph holds on to these dreams. He holds on to what God has showed him and it lets it drive his life. Okay, there's going to be challenges in this life and you have to have the word of the Lord. Listen, when Paul was in the ship in the book of Acts, he tells the men on the boat, he says, listen, this boat will sink, but nobody will lose their life. He had the word of the Lord. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, America will never be the same again. And it's okay. It's okay because Jesus is coming back and the earth is shaking and he needs the saints of God to stand up and walk in great faith. It's the time that we look at the word of God and go, look at these men and these women who walked in faith and now we're going to walk in faith just as they did. It's okay. Why? Because we have the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is what? He is for us, he's not against us. The word of the Lord is that he is a healer, a restorer. The word of the Lord is that he has our backs. Amen? So Joseph, he holds on to the word of the Lord. Number three is this. Joseph succeeded despite his circumstances. Okay? Write this down if you can. Joseph succeeded in a land he didn't know. Joseph succeeded in a culture that stood against his God. Joseph succeeded in business with no formal training. Love the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will teach you anything. He'll teach you how to do anything. If it's his will, if it's God's will, he'll teach you how to do anything. I wrote this down. Joseph succeeded in doing something he never wanted to do. Sometimes God is going to ask you to do something you don't want to do, but he's looking for people who will be faithful to him and not themselves. Oh, man. People are like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't accept that. Joseph succeeded. Why? Because he put the Lord first in all of his doings. The Lord was for him because he was honoring the Lord. Joseph succeeded because he served Potiphar like he served the Lord. Oh, amen, right, Ryan? 
okay? Listen, sometimes you're going to have a boss. Sometimes you're going to have an employer. Sometimes you're going to have a family member that you're going to have to honor. Sometimes God's going to put you in a spot, and this person is going to be a thorn in your flesh. And God's going to go, how are you going to serve them? Will you serve them like you serve me? Will you honor them like you honor me? Can you honor and serve them well? Because if you do, I'll bless you and I'll bless them. And hopefully they'll see Jesus through you. See, we get so caught up in this idea that God is just gonna perfectly smooth out all the edges for us all the time. It's such a fairy tale. Sometimes God wants us to be faithful in moments that are painful. He wants us to have integrity in moments that we don't want to. He wants us to honor people that we don't feel like honoring. We actually want to like choke them. Oh, you are too spiritual for me today, aren't you? Oh, too good for Pastor Jeff, okay? Worship to me, you guys can come up. I remember the week after we started to elevate, the Lord took me to this story in Joseph. Took me to this story, the story of Joseph, and he also took me to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I never forget what the Lord spoke to me. He said this. He said, Jeff, you're in the fire. Not what I wanted to hear from God. <laughs> Has God ever spoken something to you and go, oh, Ned, that's not you. That's not the word that I want. I remember real clearly he said, you're in the midst of the fire right now. But I remember the Lord, he said to me, he said, listen, just like Joseph, I'm gonna take you from the pit and I'm gonna take you to the palace. And he said, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fire. This is one of my favorite, favorite passages in the Bible. It says this, that they were in the fire, a fire that was so hot that when the men threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it, it killed the men that were throwing them in. It was so hot. The furnace was so hot. And these three men are in the midst of the fire. And the Bible says this, they come out the other side of the fire and it says this, that they weren't burned and they didn't even smell like smoke. And the Lord told me, he said, listen, if you'll choose to trust me, you'll go from the pit to the palace and you'll come out the other side and you won't smell like smoke. And it was hard. I'm not gonna, see, that's the thing. I hate when preachers tell you the difference. Man, it was hard. I can't, I can't explain to you what that first year of starting this church was. It was gut-wrenching. It was difficult. There was a moment, I remember the Lord reminded me of this moment when I was writing this message, he reminded me of this moment. I remember, I remember Ben had an ear infection and I didn't have any money. Literally I had like $5 in our bank account. And I was like, how do I even take my son to the doctor? How do I even get him what he needs? We couldn't, and I just, that year was tough. But we just trust the Lord. We held on to the word of the Lord. We trusted him. 
and we pushed and we chose not to allow hopelessness to, to overtake us, but to choose. We chose day by day by day to walk in faith, to trust the Lord. I want to leave you with this verse today. Psalms chapter 34, verse 17 through 19, it says this. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them. man, that needs to be something you hold on to. You're the righteousness of the Lord. You're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Okay, he loves you. It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them and delivers them out of their troubles. Do you know sometimes your troubles aren't even from the enemy? It's basically, it just came from you. Can I get an amen from anybody on that, Okay. But you know what? God is so good and he's so merciful. He'll rescue you from your own troubles. He'll rescue you from your own mistakes. Verse 18, it says this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. When I was brokenhearted, man, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, his goodness would just flood my room, flood my heart, flood my car, flood me in the shower. He was so near to me. It says this, and it saves the crushed in spirit. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. See, the Bible doesn't say it'll only rain on those who don't love Jesus. It's gonna rain on those who love Jesus and love Jesus. But here's the promise. But the Lord, but the Lord. Did you see that? But the Lord, but God, but Jesus, our faithful King, but the Lord delivers him out of all. So when hopelessness comes on you, you can't go, you can't fight it on your own. What did Jesus say at the beginning of my message? Jesus said what? Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that perceives the mouth of God. You gotta know the word of God you have to have it in your heart and you have to be able to speak to hopelessness and you have to be able to go, listen, I know many are the afflictions, but my God, who is alive today and seated at the right hand of the Father, he is for me and he is not against me and he stands with me and he rescues me and he takes me out of this moment. You have to be able to speak to hopelessness Speak to it. Because when you speak the word of God, faith rises up. Strength rises up. And you go, you know what? We can go on. And we can't just go on, but we're gonna go on with victory and hope and life. Amen? Come on, can we give it up for the word of God? Get really, really loud for the word of God. so excited about this series. We're gonna tackle all of these different places. And the reason we're gonna tackle all these places is because if you find victory, you're gonna live in the victory of Jesus Christ. And then we're gonna take it to the world. And we're gonna help them. Because how many of you know, how many people do you know right now today that's living in hopelessness? 
They're hopeless in their marriage. They're hopeless with their children. They're hopeless in their job. They feel hopeless in their life. They feel like they have no vision. They have no direction. They feel hopelessness. And they need somebody to go, you know what? I know how you feel, but I know that I know that I know that Jesus loves you. I went to Chipotle. This is like two days before Christmas. And I walk up and um, this lady, she's gonna take my order. And I can tell, man, she's just beaten down. You ever notice that when somebody, you just can see it all over. I know she's just beaten down. And uh, I said, hey, Merry Christmas. And she didn't even respond to me. I go, hey, you there? She goes, oh, hey, hey. I go, I know you're tired. I just spoke right to her. I said, I know you're tired. I said, Merry Christmas. She goes, oh, thank you so much. I go, are you ready for Christmas? She goes, man, I'm getting there. She's like, it's just tough. She's like, I'm a single mom. And she's like, this season's tough, trying to you know, have finances. And she just started spilling her life to me. I go, man, I understand that. I know that feeling. I said, my mom was a single mom. She worked so hard. At Christmas, I said, I totally understand everything that you're going through. And I said, I said, I said, just stay strong. I said, just keep fighting and don't give up. And then I like moved down and they're like, you know, they're like, what sauce do you want? You know, and I'm like, I can't even think because I can feel the Holy Spirit. It's like just moving in my heart. And the Holy Spirit goes, there's an ATM across the street, go to the ATM. And so I like get my food and I like run over to the ATM and I take out a bunch of money and I come back and I get back in line and she's there and she goes, she goes, hey, she goes, did I mess something up? I go, no. I said, I just want you to know that Jesus really loves you and that he is for you. And I gave her this like pile, this pile of money. And she started like shaking. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, just know that Jesus loves you and he's for you. And she's just like, her workers, like the, all the workers are like staring. Everybody in the restaurant is staring because they can't understand what is happening at this moment. And you could just see her life just got filled with hope. And I said, let me pray with you. And I grabbed her hands right there in the middle of Chipotle. And I just blessed her and I prayed over her. And listen, this is what our world needs. This is what this hopeless world needs. They need people that will pull them out of hopelessness and give them life and give them the life of Jesus. Amen? Come on. We're called to more. We're called to be more. We're not called to live in hopelessness. We're called to live in faith. We're called to live by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.